My name is Sarvi. Six years ago, I was introduced to the concept of a hummingbird person. This forever has changed how I viewed pursuit of passion in my personal life and career in technology. Join me as every episode I talk to multifaceted successful technologists. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Hummingbirds in Tech. I am very excited to introduce my guest uh, to all of you. Uh, we got connected recently, and it was through just a casual coffee chat that I set up at work. Uh, as I mentioned, I'm new at my uh, current job, so I, I want to meet people. And I guess this shows the power of these uh coffee chat so I encourage everyone to do those um, and the minute David and I got connected and I was asking about his background I was blown away uh, from where he started all of the experiences that he'd been through and then where he is now um, so I asked him if he's uh, good to come on the podcast and he was gracious enough to accept the invitation so it's with great pleasure to introduce David Weaver whose background spans from being an international professional athlete for over a decade to now in financial technology. I'm actually getting even more excited now as I was reading it. Professional athlete is on my podcast. So David, welcome to the podcast. Hi, sorry. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm really excited to be a part of this podcast. I know when we connected a little while ago and, you know, we just had such a great connection, um, just over just a random coffee, you know, and, um, you know, I think uh, it'd be really interesting to share some of my experiences with you and to uh, to the rest of the people that are listening. That's awesome. Well, with that, let's get right into it. How did you even start? Like, how, how does one even want to start to become a professional athlete, and, <laughs> like NBA and all of that? Let's start from the way back uh, in your in your background. Well, I'll try to keep it as condensed as possible. But, you know, of course, um, in high school, uh, I played basketball and uh, even dating back to middle school, I was a basketball player, but I was really a baseball player at first. Um, I was actually a little bit taller than most of the people in my class. And then they eventually caught up to me, but I was a big baseball player. And then somehow around eighth grade, I jumped up to be around six, five. And someone told me, say, hey, you might. I have a future in this basketball thing. So I started to take it a little bit more serious. I started playing in the summer for a travel AAU program um, that was there locally. And by the time I was 14, uh, entering my first year of high school, I was close to six, seven and a half. So um, people really started to pay attention to me. My recruiting started to pick up. So by the time I was a sophomore in high school, I had multiple colleges from big power five conferences around the country offering scholarships. And I ultimately decided to go with Wake Forest University in uh, Winston-Salem. So uh, my journey at Winston-Salem was an amazing one uh, where we were following the recent departure of uh, Chris Paul, who's now a Hall of Famer and playing uh, with the uh, Phoenix Suns in the NBA. And um, we had some bumps in the road at first, but eventually as uh we reached number one in the country for a brief stint in um, my junior year at Wake Forest and uh, had an amazing time there. And then I wanted to continue playing. Uh, I feel like I still had more offer, more to offer the game. It was still a passion of mine and uh, connected with some sports agents. And 
I say I took my talents overseas, not to quote LeBron, but <laughs> I took my talents overseas and I started my career in Greece for a short stint. And it allowed me to go to nine different countries, play for 14 different teams over 11 years. So uh, it was a roller coaster ride, but I enjoyed 99% of it. <laughs> That's so amazing. And can I ask before we go further, um, how old were you when you had your first, I guess, international experience in Greece? I was 21. I had just graduated from Wake Forest. How was that? Like going from U.S. to Greece and being part of the team? And I can only imagine it must be a lot of new experiences and everything that is coming in. Yes, it really was. I mean, to go and when you go on vacation to certain places, it's different to actually being engulfed in the culture 100 percent. So, um, of course, it was a little bit of culture shock uh, when you first get to Athens and Athens, a very busy city, very fast paced, um, a little bit chaotic. But uh, to be thrown into the fire and especially when it comes to professional sports, you're expected to perform from day one. Um, there's no grace period there. There's no get over your jet lag. So you have to learn to adapt to your your team, to your environment, to the culture, to the language. You have to do that immediately. So it's a very high pressure situation. So that just made the learning curve even more steep. But as you journey through your career, you learn how to shorten that, you know, and uh, it was it was difficult. I, I have to say it really was. Well, kudos to you at 21 to go, to go through that experience. And I will come back at uh, later in the podcast on some of those lessons and how mm -hmm. did you even learn how to shorten that kind of time period to adjust. But yeah, so you got to Greece and you moved to multiple countries. Mm -hmm. uh, so what's next? I feel like I'm following this story. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually, when I, when I, I got to Greece. It was during a rough economic time for Greece. Um, there was a there was a lot of changes going on between the European Union, people adapting the euro, and I believe the economy kind of fell when I was there. So it was a hard time. Some of the uh, professional teams could not pay some of their some of their players. So ultimately, I ended up switching teams uh, from a kind of a bad situation, and I ended up going to Lithuania, complete other end of the spectrum. You know. Greece on the beach, nice, warm to go into the Baltic where um, it's very, very cold. Um, and I packed for Greece. I did not go home. Um, so I went directly and I landed in Riga, Latvia. And at the time it was maybe 75 degrees in Greece. I landed, it was 25 in Latvia. So <laughs> that was a, that was a little bit of an adjustment as well, but it was back to work. Um, I ended up my my rookie year being all league, all newcomers team. Uh, I was an all star that year. I participated in the slam dunk contest. Um, I lost by one dunk. Uh, it's still bitter to this day. Um, but after that, um, it actually kind of springboarded my career where the next years I went to Poland and it led me to Germany, uh, took my time. Um, and actually, when I ran into well, I ran into my wife while I was playing in Germany. So that was a major career move for me. Um, it was a last second contract move and it was ultimately the best decision I ever made. So That's so amazing. I actually didn't know this part of your story. And how mm -hmm. long were you in Germany for? I was actually in Germany for about six months, which, you know, usually um, the international sports season, and especially in basketball, kind of runs like a school year. 
So usually you leave anywhere between the last week of July to maybe the last week of August. And you're usually there, give or take playoffs and your success of your team until around middle of May, maybe early June. So I was there until right after the new year uh, of 2013. And of course, we were not doing very well. So they made some changes. So they ultimately fired the coach, new coach brought in, made some changes with personnel. So ultimately, they decided to go in a different direction for myself. I had to finish the season in Ukraine. But that was a that was a night and day difference um, between countries and cultures. But um, my wife came to visit me at that time, girlfriend. And when she came to Ukraine, no questions asked. I said, you know what? I think I have a keeper. So <laughs> <laughs> and we are recording this episode close to Valentine's. So what a lovely way. To... <laughs> That's amazing. Um, and uh, and then so. Ukraine and did you move also did you at that point also went to Asia or did you stay in Europe yes I did um after Ukraine I'll try to give you the rundown of my uh, my journey here I left Ukraine and the following year I signed in uh in Lisbon Portugal playing for Benfica uh where I won four championships that year it was all league as as a participant there I took um after that I went back to Poland to kind of rejuvenate my career uh, following that was uh, a stint in Turkey. Then during that time, there was a lot of turmoil between the government and Turkey. And we had just had um, my, my oldest son, Jeremiah, and we wanted to kind of get away from some of that. So we took um, an opportunity in Japan where they formulated a new league, opened a new market. So I went to Japan and I kind of did a tap dance between Japan and Turkey for the next two or three years. I uh, went back and forth, back and forth, and ultimately ended my career in Italy, which would have been 2022. Yeah, so I did a little bit of a tap dance between countries, but um, for business purposes and, you know, for adding kids along the way, you want to make sure that they have um, a good, let's say, experience, a total experience, not just for me in basketball. When you have, I always brought my wife and kids with me, enrolled them in international schools. So that kind of dictates which markets you want to entertain. So yeah, it was a it was a wild journey, but it's uh, definitely experiences that my kids will have for the rest of their life. They were my kids have been nice. to preschools, kindergartens in multiple different countries. They speak multiple languages, so it's experience I can never get back. That's amazing. How. What a rich experience and childhood they have that forever, as you said, they will remember and like they travel at such young age. And did they grow up? Did they were they born in three different countries? My two oldest were born in Germany uh, yeah. and my youngest, Nyla, was born in Italy. Okay. okay. Yes. That's amazing. So um, what happened after this, after Japan and Italy and like, I guess Italy was the last international stop for you. Yes. Um, after Italy, um, I started to think, what should I do after basketball? And sometimes you have to think of that a little bit earlier than you would like, because international basketball or NBA or just professional sports, once you start getting towards your mid-30s, people start to consider you old. 
even though uh, I think I still had a lot of left in the tank. Um, you know, sometimes your contract situations don't come through as you think they would. And, you know, you want to think that, hey, I won't be able to play basketball forever. So let's try to plant some seeds and see what grows. Uh, so I started to actually send out some resumes and it just started to really expand my network here at home um, in North Carolina or just the states in general, because I spent over 10 years on different continents. So it's hard to build your network just via email or just a random phone call. You know, you want to touch people face to face. I'm a yeah. I'm a I'm a people person. So I like to grab coffee. Um, yeah. I like to talk about anything just in person. But I really uh, wanted to plant some feelers. I got connected to some uh, people in my uh, alumni network and had a few interviews. And next thing you know, um, I was getting some calls about some opportunities. And I ultimately uh, landed in business development at first. Yeah. And I continued to expand because I didn't think that was necessarily my my fit coming directly from sports. But I got another call with another financial technology company, and I've been with them to this day. That's amazing. Um, and uh, so many questions are popping up in my head that I didn't even uh, think about at the beginning, but now hearing this story even more in detail. Um, how was that experience for you going from there are layers here, you being away from U.S., being international in all of these different countries and continents, coming back and then also coming back to a different industry and different job. Uh, how was that for you? I will say if it were, if I could say it was easy, I would be lying. Um, there's so many different emotions and so many uh, thoughts that pass your brain because um, you just don't know what's next. And dealing with uncertainty is hard for anybody. But when you throw in the fact that you have you know a family that are depending on you, you need to know what your next step is going to be. And for me, I'm kind of jumping out on a limb. And my two options were stay in basketball, maybe make some sacrifices. But as my kids were getting older, they wanted to maybe enroll in a more stable school system, wanted to be at home, have friends. And I want that for my family. I want that for my wife, some stability. But on the flip side, if I was to stop basketball, I'm unstable as well. So it's really a, a win-win or a lose-lose, depending on how you look at it. So it was it was a lot of uh, a lot of thinking I had to do privately, a lot of thinking I had to do together with my wife, and just trying to come up with a plan. Um, ultimately, I like to say that our plan worked out, um, but there was definitely some dark times during that transition. Um, if you interview any other you know, professional athlete, no matter if it's NBA or, you know, minor leagues or whatever it may be, that transition from professional sports into the corporate world is always a rough one. Um, no matter what industry you decide to go into afterwards, because um, you got to think I'm 34 years old. Many people have been in an industry or they've been building up their, their work history, their work experience in a more traditional fashion where People just think I was just playing basketball. Well, actually, I wasn't. I was actually in a career. Exactly. I uh, just happened to be using my body as the vehicle to make money versus, let's say, looking at spreadsheets or coming up with contracts and things like that, where it's I wasn't just twiddling my thumbs, <laughs> I wasn't just doing a hobby. So when you throw out an application or you submit your resume, 
you have no work experience. So you basically, after over a decade of working, you have to start from ground zero. Yeah, yeah. Um, thank you for sharing that. And I can I can imagine, and one of the reasons that, I mean, I talked in the first episode about a hummingbird person and how um, I came to found out about this, it's exactly people with your profile. That's why I was so impressed because as you said, you were playing basketball. It wasn't necessarily writing contracts or the traditional corporate world job, but you learned so much. And there's so many skill sets that to this day, like you're bringing back to your job. Um, and I actually argue that it makes you even better because um, I can tell from working with you, like you're very approachable. As you said, you're a people person. Uh, you have this calm nature. And those are all things that I'm assuming basketball played a huge role in all of your experience, especially international. Like mm -hmm. trying to communicate with people that you don't speak each other's languages and all of the things that come into play. Those are all personal, like soft skills you learn that you can always count on. Mm -hmm. I would like to say when I talk to some of the younger players that either are beginning their career or even some of the older guys is that I tried to tell them to keep an open mind. Um, I did not want to be, let's say, an American basketball player that was abroad and only wanted to go to McDonald's, only wanted to go to KFC. I wanted to go and interact with the locals. I wanted to engulf myself in the culture. But that, you know, in order to do that, you have to be willing to adapt. You have to be willing to communicate and learn a language step be uncomfortable be comfortable being uncomfortable mm -hmm. um, and I think that speaks to the longevity of my career there's a lot of guys that can put the ball in the basket there's a lot of guys that can score points and rebounds and jump really high probably have a little bit more skill than I had but I think I outlasted some of those guys because I did have an open mentality to learn new things like I said I could be in in Germany one day and then completely different scenario i'm in ukraine overnight and the pressure is that you have to perform you have to ingratiate yourself within the management yeah. within the sponsors within the community because it's not just basketball mm -hmm. if you are you know you're scoring great points and you're having great success on the court but you're not approachable by your general manager your executives people in the community don't like you the kids that you interact with after the games if they don't have a good feeling for you, usually the import players, which would be an American player, are usually the first ones to go. Yeah. So next thing you know, you're out of a job. So in order to, I guess, create job security in a very unstable situation, you need to be able to adapt. So I try to bring a lot of those traits to my profession now, where I think just with basketball, it is a team sport. And a lot of what I do is I'm more so like a quarterback in my position in account management where I'm not necessarily an expert in one specific area, but I need to know what everyone else is doing so I know how to distribute information. I need to be able to work together. There's going to be times where you don't get along with someone on your team, but how do you overcome that to actually achieve a team goal yeah. for your company? Yeah. And along the way, you need to perform as well because you have individual goals. Yeah. So that's something that I picked up along my journey. And I try to share that with other folks as well, to have an open mind and try to incorporate that, incorporate that in all walks of life. Yeah, that's such good advice. And from firsthand experience, you're an excellent quarterback uh, at work and, and their team feel very so supportive by you. 
Um, uh, I want to be mindful of your time. We're recording this on a weekend and you've been so gracious with your time. I will ask maybe um, two questions. Um, okay. One is you were, as you were moving from one country to the other, um, you talked about how you shorten almost that transition time because one day you're in Greece, the next day you're, let's say in Ukraine and you had to operate and your mindset, um, Maybe if there is one advice or tip, because to me that can apply in so many scenarios for all of us, what is the one tip that you learn to be able to adapt so quickly to changes in environment? I think you have to be willing to admit when you don't know something. You have to be willing to ask for help um, because if you come into a new situation and it's very foreign to you, it's going to take you a long time usually to figure it out all by yourself. Um, where for me, I learned that once I got to a new team or a new country, I wanted to go grab coffee, go grab a meal, go grab a drink with someone that's been there. Even if it's another American that has been, you know, playing in the same country or just been playing for a while, a veteran. I yeah. feel like um, you hear in the NBA when guys get drafted, some of the guys have amazing talent, but they end up on a team that doesn't have a good veteran that's going to show them the ropes. Um, so for me, that's why I always try to pass it down to some of our younger guys. But for me, I was very fortunate to be around folks that were older than me, taught me how to go shopping, how, how to, um, how to make friends with the people in the management. So it shortened that learning curve. And I, I always wanted to take notes. Yeah. Um, I never really said no to a lot of things. I wanted to learn. Um, because when you come into a new situation, you're not going to know everything yeah. as much as, as smart as you may be, you are not going to know everything and you have to be humble enough to ask questions. Okay. And then my last question, this is just a very fun question. I'm always curious, as you know, I'm based out of Toronto. I, I root for Raptors. I just have to root for my Raptors. So anytime I watch the game, for some reason, I have this question in my head okay, they play this game, they've been sweating. What is it that they're going to eat after the game? <laughs> Actually, I, I once went to um, to a steakhouse here in Toronto and a couple of rafters, they were there. But mm -hmm. okay, here's my question. We can keep this very short, but what do you eat after after playing a game? Like, what's what does the meal look like? Oh, for me, it's a lot of calories. Let's put it that way, because <laughs> you are sweating all the time you are drained uh, for me is usually a big bowl of pasta i want to get those carbs back in uh, a big a big plate of spaghetti bolognese is you know great for me um i would like to say a steak but usually i oh my gosh i just can't i just can't do that but i love a big plate of pasta after the game and usually you know your your nerves are really high and uh, some type of, you know, just a wine to just kind of mellow out, relax and reset. You know, I think that's that's perfect for me. Okay, perfect. Well, whenever I'm in North Carolina, we will go to a nice Italian restaurant, your family and I, and we will have the bolognese and red wine. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good to me. David, it was such a pleasure. I mean, I knew parts of your story and now I learned even more about it. Uh, I continue to be impressed by your background and everything you accomplished and the mindset that you bring every on day-to-day -day basis based on your experience. So thank you so much for your time. No, thank you so much, Sarah. I enjoyed every minute of it. Absolutely. And to everyone listening, um, I hope you enjoyed it as much as me. 
And uh, yeah, feel free to share this episode with uh, with your friends and any, everyone, anyone else that you think might benefit from it. And if you want to be on the podcast, let me know. And with that, I'll talk to you in the next episode. Thank you.